So in 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read this to you. And we're just, there's a thousand different directions that we can go. But this is where God is asking us to go this morning. Now let me go ahead and just, just say it. This morning is going to turn into this afternoon. Are you guys good with that? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just going to. But this is where the Lord is taking us this morning. And there are, some, there are two things that have to be present right now. And the first is God. He's here. And then the second is you. You can physically be here, but spiritually be checked out. I'm just calling it like it is. It's a beautiful afternoon. There's probably tea times. There's probably lunches. And I'm going to stop right there because you know that you have to be spiritually present here to go any further. In 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read this to you and allow the Holy Spirit to say whatever he wants to say to you. If you have a pen and paper, I would suggest take it out if you don't like writing in your Bibles. If you like to write on your phone, I would say, go ahead, I give you permission to take that out. Because God is speaking right now, and I don't want you to miss anything that he is saying to you. He is not wasting your time. He is very intentional. 2 Kings chapter 4, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his slaves. Stop right there. I could speak for the next hour on the fact that this right here shows you that God did not intend us to be in debt. But I'm not going to talk about our finances and debt. We're going to be talking about that quite a bit coming up over the next couple of months. I don't want to talk about your finances this morning. This is what the Lord's saying. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? I'm not going to stop and talk about that long because I can tell you that that has to be the response of us who love Jesus. We don't get an option. We don't get to say and just ignore. If we're a follower of Jesus in this place and someone comes to us, whether they are a follower of Jesus yet or not, you and I get to have the response of Elisha, how can I help you? Doesn't mean that we're always going to have the need fixed, but you and I have to at least have posture of heart that we say, hey, I care about you enough. How can I help you? Can I tell you that we're connected enough in this community that if you have a plumbing issue, I know plumbers. If you have a car issue, listen, we're going through that currently in this very church right now, and we have reached out to men in this church who know how to repair cars. Doesn't mean that we're always going to be able to fix your problem. Listen, if you're in tons of debt and you spend your money unwisely, we are not here to hand out $100 bills. Now, listen, we do give generously. I had a couple people just this week thank me. It's not only me. It is you as a body of Christ, and it is our leadership who loves to give generously. I had a couple of people just text me this week. God, thanks, God. Thank you so much for the letter, and thank you for the generous gift. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did our fifth Sunday giving where we take a special giving and we bless homes and families in this very church. But can I just tell you something? Money is not the fix-all. The response of my heart has to be like Elisha's. How can I help you? I could spend forever on that, but I'm not going there. Maybe the Lord is going to take you this week, and you're going to dive into 2 Kings chapter 4. No, where we're getting ready to go for just the next few minutes is very deep and intimate and personal. 
2 Kings chapter 4, it goes on. The wife says, your servant has nothing here at all except a little oil. Verse 3, Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. I could stop right there and I could speak for an hour because there are some of you in this place that you are bringing needs not wants. Listen, we're mature. We're far beyond just going to God saying, I want a Porsche Cayenne. It's Matt White with red disc brakes. We're beyond that. We're beyond that. We are spiritually mature in this house. Many of us in this place are way beyond just going to God and saying, God, I want this and I want that and I want this. No, there are some of us in this place spiritually mature and we're going to God and we're saying, God, hey, I have a need. And let me just tell you, I know we're down here in the good old South and everybody's so nice, and we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But let me just tell you right now, we've been waiting around for God to do all of the work, and that is not how God works. He could have said to this woman right here who had a great need, her husband, her husband faithfully served the Lord. She had a need. Her two sons were getting ready to be sold into slavery. He could have caused all of her problems to go away, right? That's how good God is how powerful God is, but that's not what took place. God spoke through the man, Elisha, and do you see what he said to her? <coughs> do you see what he said? He said, hey, you, I need you to get up and go out of your house. I know that there has been devastating times come upon you, but I need you to get up and go. And I need you to go humble yourself because you're going to have to go to all your neighbors and ask them for empty jars some of us in this room, and I could spend the next hour talking about this, maybe God is going to speak to you about that this week. But some of us have been waiting around for God to move, and he's done his part. He's just waiting for us to go. Come on. I don't know who that's for this morning. But he goes on here in 2 Kings chapter 4. Elisha said to her, go ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't you just ask for a few. I love that. I could come against uh, the lie of a prosperity gospel this morning. You see, we're so afraid of the prosperity gospel down here in the South that we don't talk about the generosity of God. You see what I'm saying? We've been so shy. We're like, oh, we don't want to prosper. We don't, we don't, want, we don't want to say God has uh, owning the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills that they're on. We don't want to talk about the generosity of the Father. And so what we've done is we said back here, like, oh, no, poor pitiful me. You're going to be dead and broke and just hate life until you get to heaven. And then heaven's going to be great. But here you got to kick rocks. See, we've been so afraid of the prosperity gospel. And I just want to tell you that the prosperity gospel is a lie. But I want to talk about the nature of our God, our heavenly father. He is a very generous, giving, loving father. Because God, through Elisha, says right here, he says, go get some empty jars. And hey, listen, don't just ask for a few. I don't know who this is for this morning, but there are people in this room, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and you have been expecting very little from the Father. Can I tell you something? Because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit living inside of us, I don't think the Holy Spirit living inside of me is going to allow me to ask God for things that he does not want to give me. Did y'all hear that? So we can relax in our walk with Jesus, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. 
We don't have to walk around on eggshells with God. He, the Holy Spirit living in me, is not going to allow me to ask Father for things that he doesn't want to give me. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so some of us just need to relax. And guess what you need to do? You need to go and you need to knock on doors of your neighbors and you need to ask them for empty jars and not just a few of them. You need to get as many empty jars as you can. What are you talking about, Pastor? Don't ask me what I'm talking about. Ask God what he's saying. If you're sitting there in a question mark, you're like, well, what are you saying? Don't you ask me. Here's homework for you. You leave this place and you go get alone and you say, hey, God, what in the world was Pastor Scott talking about today? What was he talking about when he said, get as many empty jars as I can ask for? And then listen to whatever God says next. 2 Kings chapter 4, I have to keep going on. And Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. We're going to come back to that in a second. Don't you ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled, put one to the side. Now, here's the thing. I want to spend a lot of time on this this morning, but I can't. Verse 4, I need you to underline it. I need you to write that on your phone. I need you to write that on a piece of paper. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Do you understand what Elisha just said? God said to Elisha, tell the mother to take her sons and go into a room and shut the door so no one else can see what God is about to do. I need you to understand something very quickly. That God is a personal God. He's personal. God is my God. I have a relationship with God the Father. He is personal. See, sometimes we come in here in church and we sing all these songs together. Our voices get raised together. We pass an offering bucket and together we put stuff in there. We see this building. We ride past these churches on every street corner in the southeast and we see God as a corporation. We see God as this big entity. We see God as this massive God, this being that's up there holding everything in control. And what we lose sight of is the fact that God is a personal God. He's personal. Like he wants such deep relationship with you. Yeah, he loves this church. Yes, he loves this world. But we've got to remember that he loves Scott and that he loves you. You put your name in the blank that he is that personal. God is not so big and grand that he doesn't know you. And here's what he said. He said, Elisha, I need you to tell this lady that I'm getting ready to do something so powerful and so special and so providential and so mind-blowing that I want just her and her two sons to gather and enjoy my power and my presence. There are some of us in this room today that God is saying that very sentence to. I want to do something so mind-boggling Something so profound, something so earth-shattering in your life, and it's just for you, my child. It's just for you. Like, I want you to just enjoy what I'm getting ready to do. 
But you see, we have this big corporation, this grandioso thing that we think God is. And there's no way God does little things. There's no way that he does something just for a mom and two little boys. And that is the lie that the enemy wants you to believe. God's going to do something on this grandioso scale. Hey, he may be saying this to some of you in this place today. I need you to leave here. And I need you to go get in your room. And I need you to shut the door. And I just need you to listen to what I'm getting ready to say. But you see, we've got, we've caught up in the American way. We don't like to go slow. We don't like to do things where we have to get quiet. And God forgive us that we don't like to do anything that a lot of people aren't seeing. Maybe you and I have been missing unbelievable, crazy things of God because we dare not go into our closet where it's just us and him. I believe someone just like this lady who has a need, like she's in desperation. You could almost say she's at rock bottom. There's some of us in this very room and we've been running around trying to do all of these things to solve these problems and we're along the way. We're saying, hey, God, could you do this? But we don't stop to listen. We got all this stuff going on in our life. And listen, there are needs in our life. I just wonder, are you willing to like maybe go into your closet and shut the door and just you and God see what takes place? So that's what this lady did. It says, then go and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into the jars. And as each one is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. It says they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But the son replied, there is no jars left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Wow. And Elisha said this. She went and told the man of God and, and Elisha said, go sell all the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on the rest. You and God go spend some time talking about that passage. You and God go talk about what that means to you. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk and unpack this thing for an hour today with you. You and God. Maybe, it's, maybe it is you and God going and sitting in a closed room. And you may say, you're crazy, Scott. But I'm going to tell you, I need to start seeing some of the crazy things that God can do. Am I in this alone? But here's where the Lord is wanting us to go this morning for a few minutes. I need you to go with me right here. I need you to go back here. Hmm. Verse 3. Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Elisha said, go and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. I believe that God is positioned himself to do things in this very day and age. I believe things that some of us in this room have never seen in our life. I believe that God is positioning himself to move to where we see people coming to know Jesus on a regular basis. I believe that God is saying, is there a group of people anywhere that would be willing to say that this is only God? And we don't get to take any of the credit. We don't get to say it's our fancy preaching, our nice buildings, our great songs. We don't get to say it's any of that. The only thing that you and I get to say is it's only God. 
I believe he's looking for a group of people. And I'm not talking about Hope City. I'm talking about a whole community wide of people who are willing to say, it's only God. What was your strategy? I don't think I had a strategy. It's only God. I sat in a meeting just this week. And somebody tried to tell me that it was like a strategy that we put our church right here in this wonderful community. No, it's not a strategy. Can I tell you, it's only God. I literally drove past this place two years before we even broke ground. This place, this 36 acres that we sit on was not for sale. Do you know, I told the realtor who's a friend of mine, I said, hey, Eddie, I think that that's where God wants Hope City's church to be. He says, God, it's not for sale. He went and did a little research. Guess what? It was in an estate. There were seven brothers and sisters. And if you've ever had a brother or sister, we don't agree on anything. Especially, listen, in the day and age we live in, around this community, you don't mess with somebody's dirt or their pocketbook. Just being honest. I said, Eddie, I don't know, man. I drove past there, and I just believe that that's where the Lord wants us to have a building. I promise you this. It was about two months later. I drove by this property, and there was a for sale sign there. And I said, Eddie, I've got to know what we need to do. And I'll tell you what we did. Because God is blessed, and he's very generous. The Father is. We were able to offer that family more than they were asking for this property. That's how the kingdom of God works. There wasn't a strategy. I promise you there wasn't. I didn't prayer walk this place. I didn't get a bunch of intercessors together. That's just who God is. He's looking for a group of people who won't take any of the credit and just give him all the glory. That's what he's asking. How did you guys do that? I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I have no idea, God. But you know what? That drives people crazy. The strategist in the room, don't think that I'm trying to say, no, we don't need you. No, we definitely need you. Because when my obedience and your strategy come together, kingdom things start to happen, and you and I don't get to take the credit for it. I am a charismatic, crazy, passionate person who will jump out of the airplane with nose parachute knowing that God is going to save me. That's who I am. That's who I am. I'm just dumb enough to go into ministry, never had preached or ever been to seminary. I'm just dumb enough. Let's jump. Hey, you don't have a parachute. I don't care, God. But when I and my blind faith come together and the strategists in this room come together under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we start to see crazy things happening. But guarantee this, if we start to take the credit for it, God is going to find some other group of people who will give God all the glory. Okay? But here's the deal. All that to be said, God's looking for some empty vessels. He's looking for some empty jars. And my friends, we're going to spend the rest of this time this morning allowing, actually it's this afternoon. And it's not, we're just going to spend this time this afternoon in this building. God's not limited to this. But we're getting ready to say amen and go all our separate ways and God's presence is still going to be with us. But we're going to start something right now this afternoon and it sounds like this. Hey God, I know what you're capable of doing. I've read about it and I've actually seen it. But I'm not going to lie to myself and play the game to think that I can go out there and do any of this on my own. 
I'm not going to lie to myself and just think that I can have any lifestyle, anything, come and go, whatever, and think that you want to be a part of me, God. I tell you, God is looking for empty vessels. I always go as far as to say, and we can talk about this later, but God can't feel full jars. And I'm not going to start with a list of millions of things that you and I struggle because we're full of. Holy Spirit, search our hearts. At 11 o'clock this morning, my friend just talked through some of the things that we're filling our lives with. And again, I know it's not the most comfortable thing to do in church, but to talk about some of the sinful things that are filling our life. I was go, I'll go as far as to say that I believe there are probably things in our life that aren't sinful that are filling our lives. And we're so full of us that the Holy Spirit has no place to be poured. So right now, Again, this isn't a great, smooth, passionate message. This doesn't have three points with a lot of slides, and it doesn't have anything where a smooth landing is taking place. But this is what the Holy Spirit has asked us to do today. It's that we start asking God, is there anything in me that is taking the place of what you want to occupy? And listen, it can be sinful. You heard my friend at 11 o'clock say, I heard him, I was in the back. I heard him say, pornography. And anger. I, I believe that there are probably some of us in this very room, and I won't look at you because I don't want to make it real awkward for you, but this is what God is saying. He's saying there are some of you that are willing to have money and the love of it fill you more than my Holy Spirit. You chase after every dollar and you look at it every day. Yeah, you're being a good steward, but that may not be the case. You'd rather have money than you would the presence of God. You'd rather have popularity than you would the presence of God. You'd rather have lustful thoughts than the, the person in the presence of God. And I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on because this world offers a plethora of things to fill you. You know what God is saying to you this morning? It's this afternoon. I'll get it right in a second. He's saying, I just want you to be an empty vessel because I want to pour my spirit inside of you. He has to fill you before he's ever going to fill your house, your family, and this community. And so God is searching this room right now. So I'm going to ask you just to stand. I'm just going to ask you to stand. I didn't expect that. Well, He's looking for people who are just willing to be emptied. And today is a day that you are going to remember. It's a day that you're not going to forget because today is a day where the Holy Spirit, God's presence is in this room. He is searching every life that is in this room. And right now what he's doing is he's bringing to the very front of your mind, hey, hey, Scott, there is this that is in you and I cannot feel you full of my presence with that in there. And so just as we started this service, we're going to end the service. If there is anything that God is bringing to your mind right now, listen, you don't have to say it out loud. 
I'll go as far as you don't even have to say maybe to your spouse today. But all that he is asking is that today you allow him and his love and his power to show you what is in you is not what he intends for you to be. What is in you is not what he intends you to be filled with. God, search us right now. Holy Spirit, all over this room, in your loving kind of way, you are searching us. And if there is anything that is in us that is not of you, in Jesus' name, would you burn it up? So all addiction in Jesus' name is burn up. Any thoughts that are not of you, God, in Jesus' name, would you make them be thoughts that you have? Remind us that we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ in us is not thinking on earthly things. For somebody in this room, work and money is a struggle for you and you're full of it. And God just said that you need to hear the fact and the truth that what good is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your very soul? What good is it if you work 70 hours a week and you make all of this money and you have all of these resources, but your stinking family hates you? What good is it? God is saying you have all of that stuff filling you and I have no part of you. God is saying, give it to me, give it to me right now. I'm looking for empty jars because with an empty jar, I can fill with my presence and my power and we can do things that you couldn't do in your wildest dreams. So allow him to search right now. Allow him to search you. Nothing fancy. There's no emotional tie to this right now. This is just you and God's presence searching this room. There is no altar call. There's no come up front. There's no come bend the knee. There's no come, we're gonna pray over you because this is not between you and man. This is between you and God who created everything. He is saying, I'm looking for empty vessels. I wanna fill them with my power and my presence. So allow him to search you. We're just gonna stay here for a few seconds. Allow him to search you. Allow him to search you. And just listen to his voice. That thing that you think is good is actually not me, he just said. That thing that you think is a really good thing is not me, God said. And God, I pray that you would help all of us that just heard that to have discipline that is anointed by you. Oh, in Jesus' name, right now, every head's bowed and every eye is closed. If you're in this place right now and you struggle with telling people no and you're trying to please them, you get bogged down by a thousand different things. If you struggle with saying no to people, I want you just to lift your hand right now. Lift your hand. Okay. Here's the deal. The enemy is trying to take you out. That is not you being a nice person. That is the enemy trying to take you out. So in Jesus' name, you have the authority to say no to people. 
God is the one that we are trying to please. And if God says yes, then we're gonna say yes. Every one of you who just raised your hand, if God says yes, you're gonna say yes. But if God gives you the no, you're going to have the gumption to say no, I cannot help you right now. You're not God. So quit trying to be him. 